okay, this dinner table talk goes all over the place. You're clearly going through a transformative phase and you've got a lot on your mind about what you want to do out here. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about where... Do I feel like I'm most serving best? There's a new television show that you're interested in. I make some shitty chili. We talk about our recent day at the farm and the amazing Plowman's Lunchbox. And don't forget to stay to the end because the random question of the week is bigger than it usually is. Indeed. (laughs) It It gets interesting and lively. And it made me think a lot. So pull up a chair. Because as usual, Joe and Aislinn have a lot to talk about. in the morning just like it was forecasted perfect timing woke me up and it came straight hard rain did you ever go back to sleep yeah i went back to sleep not before you ordered your onions correct (laughs) i'm up (laughs) exactly well i'll tell you what happened i knew that it was time to order onions and you never want to get into that situation where it was the year that everyone bought their onions early and you waited a week late. Yeah. So Cross I was that like, off your list, onions. Yeah, exactly. It's raining. Can I go back to sleep? I should go buy my onions. <laughs> That's how it went. <laughs> okay, so in that situation, it's 4 a.m. You're ordering onions. You get mm-hmm. back in bed. Mm-hmm. Am I snoring? Yeah, you make all kinds of noises. Sometimes you're snoring. Sometimes you're not. Yeah, people sleep and make noises and sounds. No, I just, it's like okay that. if I do. I just, I'm not around to hear it. Mm-hmm. Prior to last night's rain, though, this has been weather I want to be outside in. The weather has been perfect. Incredible. Mm-hmm. What did we do for Halloween last year? Nothing, because we just moved in. So the night before we were recording was Halloween. Mm-hmm. Savannah's off to her Halloween fun in town. You and I got nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do. So during the day, I'm thinking about Halloween. Really? That's funny, because I honestly... Ne- I- Early in the morning, whenever I was doing posts, it occurred to me. But then, like, the day didn't occur to me anymore. I like Halloween, always have. So I'm thinking a fire would be nice tonight if it's just going to be the two of us. Oh, yeah. And you said, it's not going to be very cold. I said, I don't care. Yeah. A fire on Halloween night. It turned out to be perfect. Yep. It was a little brisk wind at our backs. Yep. It was very nice. But I made the shittiest chili. Yeah. It was bad. Mm, It was just a bowl of food. (laughs) <laughs> it was like ketchup with meat in it. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> Why did you do that? I don't know. I followed a recipe that I followed before. <laughs> it just, I don't know. That's funny. Why did I do that? Yeah, why did this you do that? This isn't shitty enough. No, I don't mean it like that. I just mean it like just not giving it the love and attention. I thought that I did. I don't know. <laughs> I added Thanks my... Thanks for choking it down. <laughs> I, no, I actually thought it was good. I ate it. It was fine. It was great. Next to the fire. Yeah, that was my yeah, vibe I was going for. Yeah. Chili next to a fire. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm not a huge fan. Like, chili's got to be really impressive to be, like, something I'm excited about anyway. Right. It wasn't a cold fire chili night, but it worked out just fine. I enjoyed myself. I have a craving for fire right now. Sounds strange. So I went on a hunt today to update my incense, cones. Uh-huh. Wood burning, right. all the little things that I've burned over Did you the years. buy sage so that you could sage our chicken coop properly? Yes. Did you? I did. I'd like for you to do that, please, for I real. Did. Palo Santo and Nag Champa, and it's fun. And it's not something that I burn, like, all the time. Yeah. Sometimes I just get this, like, craving to have that, like, warm sense around me. Makes sense in fall. 
Well, it goes into the idea of enjoying your house with all five senses. Oh, I'm When you walk into a kitchen and Mm -hmm. it just, mm, you know, someone's cooking something good. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will associate their parents' house or grandparents' house with aroma. Mm -hmm. My house I've always lived in with my children has always smelled like a hippie house. The kids that come over to my house always go home and tell their parents, Cortland and Lily's mom's house smells like a hippie house. Yeah. <laughs> and their parents are like, oh. Every time you come back from there, you smell like patchouli. Yeah. <laughs> well, the holy basil smell that's fresh coming from the gardens all up in our house. Like there's all kinds of delicious smells coming out of our house all the time. I like that. I saw a lot of people posted that no one came trick-or-treating to their house this year. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be a common theme. Mm-hmm. The systems are broken, man. <laughs> I started into this series called From Scratch. Mm-hmm. Where do you find that? Netflix. Okay. And the storyline from the beginning is like basically an American woman goes to Italy, meets a chef. I watched a couple episodes with you. It's a love story. And then you're trying to look for the antagonist and... First three episodes in, we're getting to know these people. It's just their story. And then, spoiler alert. Oh, spoilers. Cancer. Okay. Oh. And here's the thing. I had already watched them get married. And he's an Italian from Sicily, a Sicilian. And his father didn't accept him marrying an African-American. Not even so much African, but American. That was a big deal to his father. So they had already started out on this kind of rocky road. And so then they show you their wedding and their wedding was really emotional for me. Like I cried and it was kind of strange because I'm pretty emotional and I do cry about things. I'm really empathic when it comes to like, we've talked about this though or all of it, but I was like, God, that wedding, it really got me. That was a really told a really good story there. Well, then the cancer comes and he has the cancer. I start telling you, I'm like, I, I, I don't think I don't gonna, know. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. I don't show. think that. Yeah, I, I cried at their wedding. I don't want to live right. through one of their deaths. Yeah, but something about it, something told me, you know what, this one, you might need to stick this one out. Something told me you might need to stick this one out. And then I went on to watch the whole rest of the season, and I did cry a lot. So be prepared for emotion for feelings, all of that kind of stuff. I guess because it was a series, they really had time to... They had room. Yeah. Yeah. To really give this relationship and how this couple went through this whole experience over an extended period of time through their whole relationship, through child raising, through life together and how this evolved and adapted their their relationship and their relationship with their family and how their family was brought in and how the Texas family taught the Sicilian family love and how a family was bigger than the blood that was in it. There was all kinds of pieces of... I didn't watch the whole thing, but it sounds like though, because you've been talking to me about how you like this show, that you were impressed with the community building that was occurring that needed to cross familial lines not to say to cross your family because at the end of the day in a television show like this everyone i'm assuming got back to where they needed to be yeah not not just familial lines but all kinds of borders and boundaries and everything that were crossed because this couple 
created a central ability to process what they were going through together. But the thing that's really important to me about this, based on what you and I've been talking about, the vibe or the feeling or that empathic side of it Mm -hmm. is that to me, there has to be an extremely high return on investment for me to sit through a series where I'm emotionally affected to the point of true, true, true pain and tears and grief for a character, a story. And I'm involved in their rehabilitation and I'm involved in their love and I'm involved in their births and I'm involved in their deaths and I'm involved in the story. And what the industry entertainment industry, the media industry, whatever, has done is left me feeling robbed, consistently robbed. But because I refuse to play victim to that kind of like... Robbed because there's no return on investment? Exactly. Okay, so if the emotional outpour that you put into the show is the investment, what is the return that you're looking for? Satisfying story, conclusion... No, an energetic return, a true sense uh, uh, of like, we looked at this thing from some different angles and we don't betray my investment with claptrap with cliche. All you're trying to do is just make me like, not only that, but there was a point where I thought for a second, that was the end. I was sobbing and I was like, you can't fucking, if you, and then they, of course they didn't, but that's what they normally do. They normally like cliffhang dr- you for next season. Or just, that's it. Eee, that was fun. We we showed you some stuff that's really bad. Thanks for watching. Eee, that's how I feel a lot of times. Who's that? It's these little crafty industry like villains. I don't, <laughs> I'd like to think that the most successful pop culture entertainment that we consume in the way that you're talking about, you just want it to be good. I want it to be good. Is what I'm hearing you say. I want it to be a good return on investment. And that's what I've said about everything over the whole time that you and I have been doing this podcast together. Every time we've ever talked about any kind of film or media or anything, I always say the exact same thing. It's got to be worth it. If you're going to do some like challenge the status quo shit, that's going to piss everybody off and give us some cancel culture like conversations to have to be had it better be worth the investment if you're going to make my anxiety stand up on the my hair stand up on my neck it better be worth the investment i better walk out of that feeling like we're changing the world now because we just invested our time into that sometimes it's not always changing the world sometimes it's just joy factor Sometimes it's just comfortable, you know, all that. But either way, it's always got to be giving and receiving in like an equal balance. Too often we're being sold stuff and I'm like, "Mm, nope, not buying it anymore. It doesn't, that's, you're not, you're just taking, you're just taking and taking and taking. Mm -mm. From scratch. From scratch. It's great. It's something I think that people should check out. And I saw someone else making a comment about it. And I always find it fascinating to see, you know, what is it that people are talking about? So often the general is just flash in the pan, whiz bang, noise that they've been sold is what everybody's buying so often. This is an unformed thought. But I believe the pandemic 
the beginning of it, certainly, when we all were kind of staying at home that first bit, Mm -hmm. and Tiger King hit, Mm. it amplified this idea that our common experience is so important in pop culture, too. So if everyone's watching it, we have to signal to one another that we're watching it. And then it becomes this churn, and here come the memes, and here da-da-da. And then finally, at the end of it, it's like, God, that was a really shitty show. (laughs) It happened again and again and again, and I'm not judging any of these shows. Squid Game, I mean, I could go on. There's a list. And it's all relative. I mean, really, it's whatever. It's all our opinion. My own projection that this has more value than that. I'm just simply saying for somebody that speaks so highly for and against things that make people empathic people, sensitive people feel things. But we've begun paying more attention in social media as a mechanism of who is watching what. But again, like I I said, unformed thought. Well, and who am I to even judge what I'm seeing people watching and me calling it the not the whiz bang or whatever. Well, no, the whiz bang is a thing. Dahmer is the whiz bang right now. Right. And after that will be another whiz bang. And because the general public as perceived by me, by the way, my general public. Yeah. Everyone's talking about Dahmer or fill in the blank, whatever the next one is. This is where I'm going with a lot of things. And I'm hoping to talk more about this. I told you. Yeah. (laughs) This is where I'm going. I'm going to a place where. Need a sound effect. I am actively not interested as often as I have been doing it. And it's the only way I've known how to up until now. I am not here to teach you or anyone at the dinner table, anything that you don't want to learn, okay? What I'm doing is living my life and doing it in a way that is public enough, trying to be fearless enough to show you what I'm doing. And if that creates a better world for both of us, then I'm doing what I want by teaching the life I want to live and vice versa. And in the situation of From Scratch, if I talk on the podcast about shows that I think that I would think other people like me wouldn't want to watch, then I should probably share shows that I think people like me might want to watch. Okay, well, what is it that I, as I go through each one of these new events and things that we're doing here on the farm and decide what is it that I'm learning from this event and how does it give me that regenerative return on investment that I'm always looking for? You're not right now, but you could even be talking about a TV show. I could be talking about anything. Anything. This is anything that I'm talking about all of the time. It's it's all I talk about. If I'm going to use my time doing something. Yeah. Go ahead. So fall day on the farm was coming up and... I told you I'm curious about what we're going to learn after watching this event. And what I told you today that I feel like I have learned is that I'm not certain that I'm in the place anymore to want to do broad spectrum public education or offer that or market to that. That that's not... Which is a huge shift. It's what I've been doing. Right. It's what I did for the last 15 a years. Monthly gardening class. Well, even before my own personal stuff, the grow local stuff that I've done, preparing even this farm was with the idea of education. And it still is. Don't mishear me. It's just that I'm not interested in going backward into what I did 
as an educator in the last decade, because as a visionary personality, I can see through the next couple of decades now. And now what I'm saying is, is that I've got to be well and mentally prepared and educated to lead through the next phase of whatever's going on. And while I'm doing that here on the farm, learning, learning how to grow vegetables better, learning how to work with you to cook them, work with my mom to cook them better, learning how to get my dad to teach me things, that he knows about things, raising rabbits, raising... And all the while, I'm learning better how to do those things. I'm going to be sharing, because I'm a voice, because I'm a communicator, what I'm learning and inviting people to come learn alongside me, just like I did at the learning garden Mm -hmm. all those years before. I'm not here to go, I have a platform and I need to make sure that everybody in South Texas has access to local food. That is not my responsibility anymore. I've built a nonprofit that is built to go after public funding and create avenues of publicly funded food access education. I'm here to personally learn how to do it so that people can see that it is possible because that's, that's what we haven't shown anyone yet. We haven't shown anyone how to actually live it. Food access that I create on my own property and that I share with my friends and my community members. Who else is doing that as their focus? In this region, there's not many. There's a few. There's a few. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get more people to have faith that they can do it too is to do it ourselves, to do it, not to talk about doing it, not to talk about how it can be done, not to show how cities two hours away from us can do it. Mm-hmm. Not take a field trip up to watch how it's done somewhere no, else. No, do it. Just do it. That's all. Just do it. Fall day on the farm was a beautiful learning experience. Every single presenter that spoke did such an amazing job. We are so fortunate to have those kinds of people in our community that know how to do what they know how to do and know how to help people when people come to them and ask for the help. And are interested in being in a network of people that are doing other things. That's right. Yeah. There's a very, very good network of people who are interested in wellness, mind, body, spirit, taking care of their bodies, taking care of their land, sharing what they know with other people. I enjoyed the day very much. I latched on to a family when the dad had the kids on a picnic blanket underneath the tree in front of our house. Yeah. And his wife had stayed behind to learn how to do something amazing. Yeah. And you mentioned that I would be giving the chicken talk and she kind of started talking to me about how she wants chickens, but her husband, eh, he's just kind of on high center. He's not opposed to it. I said, all right, we're tailor making this chicken talk I'm about to give for your husband. It would be great if this family left with all of the tools they needed. Yeah. I hope I can tell you that you and I both know after years and years and years of planting seeds that only a few of them germinate and only a few of those grow and only one becomes a tree, Mm -hmm. you know, that means we got to plant more seeds is the thing I always, you know, said about that. 
That being said, I think that that was a lot of work for a lot of people, for not as many people as really needed to be there to hear that information. When I say needed to be there, the kinds of information that was available at the affordable access point was significant. And I want to say that out loud in terms of you can shift your timing around for people. You can do, I did all, you can make your prices cheaper. You can shift your timing around. You can do it this way or that way. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're still living in a city and in a community and in a space where lack is the biggest point of contention. And it means that people are constantly battling not enough, not enough time, not enough money, not enough energy, not enough something. Not enough help. To get to the things that really are the things that they need mm-hmm. or desire, to have the things that they actually want and desire. It's an and, all- th- and then you begin to wonder whether people really... Like how far out is that vision of themselves in wellness, right? Because when I say I'm about to change my diet and my lifestyle, I'm just a step away from it. I'm literally like an event or a doorway away from it. But when someone says to me, well, I'm going to change my lifestyle and wellness, this is that spectrum conversation. How do you get somebody from the point of never having taken one step in the direction and looking at your life and saying, well, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a situation where someone looks at someone else in judgment and in comparison and says, rather than feeling like I'm less than someone else who has strove to be this thing, I'm going to play the victim that it's impossible for me to do that. And here's the reasons. Exactly. A million justifications. And when you said the thing about, well, I'd like to believe that that was the thing that made it happen for my family. You and I both know that you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot force them to drink. So we can share all the great information that we believe is a top priority and a top value in a community. Mind, body, spirit, wellness. There is nothing more important. We can live in that space and that value, but that doesn't mean the rest of the world is living there. And my shift of learning from looking at all of this, these things is saying, don't give people what they don't want, no matter how passionate I am about it. The passion I have needs to go into doing what's best for me to make my life the well life that I want to lead. And then just sharing it, joyfully sharing it, because that draws people in. I don't know if this is a comparison to what you're talking about, but... We've said many times, you ran for mayor. Even prior to that, we were involved in the political scene to a a degree. Friends that would run, fundraising. Actively trying to be influencers about things that we wanted to influence. Yes, yes, I, yes, yes. That's what we did. Leading. Before that was the word, we had things that we valued and were passionate about, and we got behind them as lobbyists. I don't want to open too large of a can, so you tell me if we need to not go here, but a friend of ours posted on social media somewhere today, you know, we could change this city if our voting numbers were higher than 18% of eligible voters and those 82% that didn't vote constantly bitch, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought to myself, it's 2022. We said the same thing in 2020 and in 2018 when you ran and 2016 prior to that 
And then when I was trying to get a huge city-changing initiative going through a decade before that. Feels like a time warp, doesn't it? Well, it just... Feels like we've been doing the same thing. It the, feels like the, November the 1st, 2020 was yesterday. There are people who are going to hear this and say, no, Joe, we can't stop fighting this fight. We can't stop trying to get us up to 19% voter turnout in 10 years from now. You and I just disagree about the fight. And to me, it's hand in hand with the idea of you cannot teach people that don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. When you and I travel to cities north, we get to these local food nirvana points because it's so much easier there. Then we would come home and say, we're going to bring that they home just, someday. When they understand... How much joy we get out of it. We'll share that joy. We'll teach the community about food deserts. Mm-hmm. We'll teach the community. The thing about it was is that you couldn't just share the joy. That It wasn't just let's share our joy because mm. if you share your joy, it just becomes like you're better than everyone else. Rather than sharing your joy, what we had to do was we had to t- go all the way back to the like the very historical reason why food is of value. Why don't you value food? I, mm-hmm. I mean... We'll, we'll tell them that their carrot came from 1,800 miles away. <laughs> and then they'll say, we'll demonstrate the economic value of film festivals. We'll explain the return on investment for bond dollars in this initiative or that initiative. We'll, and, and you just... It kind of sounds like we've given up a little bit, doesn't it? That's what I'm saying is, no, Joe, you got to keep fighting the good fight. Mm. It's not about giving up. It's about understanding the realities of the situation are going to call for a completely different thing. Yep. In fact, that might even call for the end of the systems that we had in place. And that is probably not going to be fun because this is all we know. And we're fighting to have all we know, even though all we know is literally crashing down around us. So I'm curious to know, will we feel like November the 1st, 2022 was yesterday in November the 1st, 2024? Will we feel like we're going through the exact same thing again and nothing has changed in the last two years? Will we feel like it's the literal same day again? You'd hope not. Where is any evidence when you that think if we back, keep doing the same fight the same way we've been doing it that we're going to get I'm anything about lack different? Of progress. I mean, that's you can point back to different points in American history. Let's just keep with our country of huge shifts in progress. Nothing as huge as what's occurring now. But you're not seeing the progress. I suppose that's relative. Nothing as huge as what's occurring now. We can't compare what's occurring now to what occurred in the past. Understood. But that's a reference that people will use. And it's also the framework of what you're talking about. If we're doing the same thing we did two years ago, four years ago, six years ago, you're looking at the past in that I'm just simply saying that time time doesn't even matter anymore. The years are getting so close even. Hmm. Does anybody even remember the last two years when we had... The, the shitty ones two years ago, and that was a big shift. The only reason why I remember a difference between four years ago and two years ago is because four years ago I was involved in it, and that was a life-changing event for me. Mm-hmm. It was any other election cycle for everybody else. And what's the point of life if it isn't for something grander or more light, yeah, that's more where I'm going with unified, it. if all we're going to do is the same 100-year lifetime Again, with the same kind of trauma 
and the same kind of brutality and the same kind of warring and the same kind of boredom and the same kind of consumption and the same kind of, what's the point? I went through a big, what's the point in the last two weeks? Because another one of my friends, my age from high school killed himself. There's got to be another way. And I believe there is. But it, it requires just turning off all that other crap. Mm-hmm. It requires creating an entire new flow, a new system. You know what? We have no idea how to do this. And we don't currently see a quicker solution than to just dig our hands in the dirt and build a learning garden. So let's just do it together. We're going to build this learning garden together. And we're going to talk about what we're doing and learn from each other while we're doing it. That's what I want to do, but it's grander than the learning garden now. It's more visionary, and it's not going to look like anything you've ever seen before. Okay, so I'm hearing you say that the shift is using the farm more purposefully as the place where you intentionally focus on your own personal wellness, and then that's how you add to the community's wellness, focusing on your own contribution. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be another way. There is. There's only one way. And the one way is to focus on your wellness internally. Every single person and 99% of people aren't going to commit to that. Putting yourself in the center with an understanding that yourself as the center changes the community. People can't see it that way. They put their child first. They put their mother first. They put their career. dog first. They put their career first. Mm-hmm. They put their, their music first. They put something else first. People don't want to put themselves first because they don't believe that putting themselves first is what you do to impact the broad community. Most people don't believe that. Most people are afraid because a lot of people tie that to other religious tenets that they don't like. Or it's selfish or... Well, the religious tenets, most of them teach it in a way that it sounds like it is selfish. It's a sin when you're focused on your identity but when you're focused on your heart center that affects the whole community's heart center, the that golden changes rule, everything. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you means that you exactly. have to be thinking about you in yep. that equation. Yes. Yes. When I say to you, do unto others as I would do unto myself, start by what would I do unto myself? That's the reflection. Have That's a, the have interpretation. A good, have a good definition of it. It's the only thing that matters. And the thing about it is, is it's really hard to understand that when you have a sense that information that you have would benefit a community. But if they don't want it, if they're not seeking it, then it's not for them anyway. Unanswered questions. I gonged this because I just didn't remember much about Lilith Fair except that it existed. Right. It was from 1997 to 1999 in the summer. Mm -hmm. Canadian musical artist Sarah McLaughlin became frustrated with concert promoters and radio station that refused to feature two female musicians in a row. Like that was Mm -hmm. the climate back then. She's like, no, we're going to do a whole festival of women. (laughs) Here's some of the main stage artists from that first Lilith tour. Fiona Apple, mm-hmm. The Cardigans. Mm-hmm. Cardigans. That, that was all the stuff I was listening to. Mary Chapin Carpenter, yeah. who I liked a lot for a period of time. I saw her in concert in Houston once. Cool. Tracy Chapman. Mm-hmm. My favorite Tracy Chapman story was at a fraternity party. 
I noticed that one of my fraternity members had a lock on the cabinet door in front of his stereo. So I found a Tracy Chapman CD, put fast car on repeat and locked it so that it couldn't be changed. She's got a fast car. You know, great song. The first time it came on, everyone in the party was like, oh man, I love this song. And the second time it came on, some of the girls were still humming along. But by the 15th time, they were looking for an axe to uh, open up the cabinet. <laughs> These are all people I was listening to. Back Sean then. Colvin. Yep. The Indigo Girls. Yeah. My aunt was really into them. Closer to Fine is one of the best songs ever. Mm-hmm. Jewel. Mm-hmm. I like Jewel. Mm-hmm. Lisa Loeb. Mm-hmm. You Say Stay. Mm-hmm. One of the best songs ever. Suzanne Vega. I don't know Suzanne Vega. Tom's Diner. I am sitting at the window yeah. with the... That's one of the best songs ever. Yeah, I knew all those songs. I had all those albums. I had like... Almost all of those musicians you named, I had their albums between those years. That's fun. 90s music. As Savannah was walking out the door in her meow Halloween costume, Mm -hmm. she had on a pair of tights, thigh-high tights. Right. With big bows on them. Right. And I (laughs) I said, if you walked across over there to Nana's house and walked in the door, she would tell you, Aislinn had a pair of those tights when she was your age. And then I thought, she's probably sick of me saying that every single time she walks out the door. Every single time she walks out the door right now, I'm like... 90s looks her back, and I I, look just like that once upon a time. I had those, but I did. Mm -hmm. I had those. I had those. I had those. I'm going to have to get you a pair of uh, Doc Martin boots so you can really go back in time. No, I don't like the tall ones. I like the, the regular ankle high. But not the, the ankle high with that thick, hard leather. The ankle high with the soft leather. Those well, now are the now ones i got to take back those Doc Martens I bought. <laughs> I went to London in the 90s when Doc Martens were in style. It's kind of funny. I was thinking about it today as I was listening to some 90s music and thinking, like, we're, like, cool right now. Like, the 90s flower girl with our combat boots Honey, and the whole you're thing. with an 80s guy. But think about that and then thinking about, like, the 60s and 70s and how we were all, like, oh, the 60s and 70s. And they were so cool and uh-huh. the clothes they wore yes. and the music they listened to and all of that. And now we're, like, watching that same thing happen for the 90s. It's kind of funny. Time warp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you go back to April, which would be mid-season three, you can hear about the first fall day on the farm. Yeah. And at that fall day on the farm, you did a lunchbox. I invented a new idea. The plowman's lunch. Mm -hmm. And you duplicated that for this one. Yeah. And in the future, when another day on the farm happens, whatever that looks like. Yeah. It better have a plowman's lunch. Ultimately, what is it that I love Spending my time with other people doing out here on the farm. Food, Mm. eating, how do we prepare good, quick, convenient meals? And my mom spends a lot of time making all these great fermented and preserved and pickled things. And so it's easy for us to do during when we're doing like the long lunch clubs, we do the tasting menu. Mm -hmm. Well, the plowman's lunch is... Basically that. I had to describe it to people as like a charcuterie box. Charcuterie in a box. Word people know. But a whole boiled egg, cheese, bread, dried meats, pickle, pickled things, jam, nuts, fruit, fresh vegetables, all things that'll go into a plowman's lunch. Right. Our lunchbox was fantastic. We had several different kinds of cheese, goat cheese, all local stuff. Several different kinds of 
cuts and different types of smoked and dried meats from several of our local farmers. My mom has been making sourdough bread. She made two nice loaves, one olive, one that was like a cranberry walnut. So we had you breads. Ate it. I did. And, and then I you told her that you didn't have any kind of digestive problems or gluten-free problems. No. Nope, what does I this haven't. mean as far as having a loaf of her sourdough bread around the house? I don't want that because I don't want to eat that much bread. But I think that whenever we're having a special thing and she makes a nice loaf of bread for like something special, I eat a piece of bread. Vicky, if you're listening, many loaves for across the street. Go ahead. <laughs> Nothing? I'm going to go back to the same thing I keep saying week after week after week. And that is that when I cut back on things, it's for the whole wellness of it. Not just so that I can decide, oh, no, I think actually I'm going to be fine with that. And I'm going to start eating more of that. Because I'm putting goat cheese back into my life doesn't mean that I want to eat all the cheeses and dairies in the world. In fact, I want to not eat anything but dairy-free ice cream anymore because I just don't think dairy ice well, cream... Well, you, for as long as I've known you, you said, this ice cream that I'm about to eat is going to make me sick. <laughs> she also made, though, some more of the Roselle jam because we're in that season, that Roselle hibiscus. It's a plant that we grow really well down here. It grows with cotton and okra and Turk's cap and all the other things we grow down here. And so we're learning how to use that. A lot of people like to use cranberry sauce this time of year mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving and for different types of holiday meals and stuff like that. Roselle jam has a very, very similar tart sweetness profile to cranberry jam, but Roselle grows here right. and cranberries don't grow here. It also, the plant itself, the part that you use to make the jelly with and the teas with and all that stuff has a seed pod inside of it that has natural pectin in it. Pectin is something you use to like harden the mm -hmm. gel or the jam. Right. It's a thing you have to buy off the shelf. Right. This plant carries it in it naturally. So you can actually take the pectin from this plant and make other jams and jellies. But if you grow Roselle, you can make your own jam without having to add the hardening gelatins, all the things that people have to add to the sure. jam. That's really nice. My mom was really excited also about the fermented okra that she had made because yeah, I had said, oh, I've got this okra. We need to do something with it. And she fermented it. And then that was, you know, the okra that went out in the boxes this year. You spiced up some delicious pecans for it too. Yeah, it was such a success when we did it a few weeks ago. We, so simple, 325 pecans in a bowl with oil and then whatever spices you're going to put on them. I use your pizza salt and a little extra pepper. Toss up your bowl, put it on your baking sheet, and then cook it until they're done. Watch them at the end because they'll burn fast. So with all that good stuff in the lunchbox, we took the black-eyed peas that you made on last week's episode. Those were great. Served those up with the boxes. Also had a delicious little pumpkin spice muffin that Gourmet Faye made. She came out and did cooking demos using eggplant and okra, and she made some really delicious little bites. Vegan. That was great. Also had some Roselle tea to go with that. It was a nice, well-rounded lunch. Yeah. I will definitely do some things like that again. I hope so. Of course, there's going to be lots of things going on out here in the farm. I just think there's a little bit of shift in my mindset, probably more than anything else. Sounds like some great... How I present things to the... Great future dinner table talks. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into? 
Okay, so a friend of mine posted this on Facebook, and I immediately put it in my dinner table talks file for us to do right now. It's it's one of those where you copy and paste it and then answer the questions yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're in any type of long-term relationship, make this your status and answer honestly. So why don't we answer these together? We'll have some fun and maybe learn about each other. Okay. Who's older? You are. That's right. Who was interested first? You were. Is that the truth? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Who's the most sensitive? You are. I don't know if this is true. I understand your knee-jerk answering of the question, but you're very sensitive. I'm very sensitive, but I don't hold on to sensitivities. You have your greatest hits. (laughs) Okay. Maybe we fit together well because we're sensitive. I'll go with you if you think that who's the most sensitive. I think you're the most sensitive. Okay. I'm the most passionate. And I am not going to control my sensitivities. Passion leads one to answer a question like this with a very quick, (laughs) very accurate answer. Here's the next question. You ready? Mm -hmm. Who's the most stubborn? Oh, me for sure. Okay. Now we're getting on track. But you're sensitive, and so you... See, now I'm wondering about this one. Oh, hold on. Actually, I think you're the most stubborn. I'm the most stubborn of the two of us. I said that at first because I'm stubborn, and I think that we're supposed to assume that I'm the most stubborn, but actually, I think you're the most stubborn. I'm the most stubborn. Yeah, because when you decide you're sensitive about something, you'll hold on to that shit for days. When I decide I'm sensitive? Yes. When you... Get sensitized? When you stop just stomping and actually pay attention to what you're stomping about. (laughs) Okay. You get these things off of your chest. You are the most stubborn of the two of us. I'm going to ask some more people. Okay. Who wakes first? Who wakes first? Yes. Oh, me. That's That's easy. That's easy. Who cries the most? Me. No doubt. Who's the better singer? I don't know. Come on. I guess you are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, th- I don't feel like I'm a good singer. Yeah, I don't. No, your nose is too stopped up. I think you're the better singer. I'm going to be the better singer. Although I was the one that was in choir once upon a time. I was in choir once upon a time. When were you in choir? Fifth grade. Tenth. I win. Okay. Who's the better driver? Oh, God. I'm the better driver without a doubt. What are you talking about? First of all, when was the last time you got a ticket? Tell the truth. Well, that is the have I gotten, guideline of Have who's... I even gotten one ticket? Since we've been together? You're measuring who's the better driver by who doesn't get caught breaking the rules. Who gets the, the most? Road. Yes. Okay. I got the most recent ticket, no doubt. I haven't gotten one ticket since we've been together. Hmm. You just had that fender bender in that church parking lot. Uh, you are the better driver, but that's only because I believe what you sell me all the time. Who's the better cook? You are. As we're not going to argue here. Who asks for the most attention? Uh, I guess I do. <laughs> This is hard because it's definitely you. No, I, I, I've always asked for attention. I don't have a problem that I ask for attention. I like attention. Yeah. I love attention. You like my attention. That's what's challenging about this for me on some of this stuff because specific to you and me, it's, it's different than how we are with the rest of the world. That's to be expected. It's why it's asking you to do it with your partner. Mm-hmm. I think you ask for the most attention in that your social media game is stronger that's what I'm saying about me and you, between the two of us. I used to ask for more attention than I asked for. No, but between the two of us, you ask more attention between the two of us. That's not what it's asking. 
I don't think. In terms of the broader world, uh-huh. I ask for more attention. On Do you wish all the time. I didn't want so much of your attention? Um, I don't know. What's the proper way to be? Who gets to say? Okay. Last question. Who is the nicest one? I'm the nicest one. One would want to be called the nicest. No, one. I'm definitely the nicest one. So I understand your <laughs> rush to answer. But no, why... I, I know you. I'm the nicest one. Well, how am I not nice? <sighs> I'm the nicest one. Is nice and friendly the same thing? No. Who's the friendliest one? Probably you. I don't think that's true either. Thank... No, yeah, you're definitely friendlier than me. Thank God I can cook. I lost talk... this thing. You talk to a lot. Of... You like you talk to people when I I don't talk to people. But more people know you than know me. That's because I get more, I seek more attention. Well done. I seek to be known. Well said. But I'm nicer. Just because I go out there smiling and doing the shoot them up hands at people. <laughs> hey. Exactly hey, guy. What's up, guy? Right, oh, we, we guy. Go. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Don't give people what they don't want. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. <laughs>